Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. It is officially 2022. Hopefully you had a wonderful New Year's Eve. You brought in the year correct. But definitely I will say that going into this year, I'm expecting a lot of big things. If you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, I sort of recap, just gave an overview of everything that happened last year as far as this NFT space, the massive growth that we've seen, all the different innovations, the different companies coming in, and just some amazing things really happened during that time. Of course, there were good, there was bad, but definitely going forward now, I'm going to just give my overview of what I see the market doing this year, because this year I expect a lot of great things. I think we're going to springboard on what we, the momentum that we built in 2021 and just some amazing things I'm looking forward to this year. So I'm just going to cover seven points, what I think is going to really develop this year and where this market is really going. Number one, I don't see the dependence on ETH that we have seen up to this point. For the most part right now, a lot of the projects that are coming out, the vast majority of money is being put into uh, Ethereum-based projects. And I don't see that being the case. Of course, Ethereum, uh, they're announcing uh, 2.0 coming out. And of course, that's going to change the model of uh, how the blockchain and ledger is maintained. And that's going to give completely different uh, tokenomics and what have you. And in theory, this is supposed to lower the gas fees. But I don't know. I've been hearing about Ethereum 2.0 for the longest time. So I don't know. I'm not the most optimistic as far as that goes. I really don't know where that's going to go. But I think at this point, there's so many layer two solutions and other blockchain blockchains in general that don't even necessarily uh, rely on Ethereum and whatever updates may or may not come. And I think a lot of projects are going to launch on them, whether it be Soul, Tezos, uh, Wax, or just so many others. I just don't see that everything is going to be uh, so heavily dependent on ETH because right now, if you go on Twitter, it seems like if it's not on ETH, it is it doesn't exist at all. And I don't see that really continuing uh, through 2022. I think as far as uh, 2021, that is where that is going to be left. And I think that is a good thing because that's going to encourage uh, new people to come into the space because unless you are a ETH whale or what have you, uh, looking at the gas prices and the way things are working right now, it is very discouraging because if you have a small drop or a small project, you're just new in the space and just looking at gas prices, sometimes over a hundred dollars, it's, it, it's a lot, right? It's very discouraging. So I'm really excited to see the adoption of, um, alternative chains and more projects just staring away from, uh, the whole ETH ecosystem. I think ETH is a great thing, but I just think that the price and the way gas fees and the gas scores and everything, it's sort of out of hand at this point. Which brings me into number two. There are over 10 million accounts on the WAX blockchain, but for this year, I'm going to see that go up to 30 million or more. And that's really not that crazy considering the fact that they hit 9 million and 10 million right here in uh, December. So in one month's time, a million was added. I would not be surprised to see if it even goes up to 50 million, but I'm just going to be conservative and say 30 million for 2022, which sort of piggybacks on point number one, because over on the Wax blockchain, as far as the NFT drops that are going on over there and all the transactions and everything, there are no gas fees. And it's just so easy to onboard a new person coming into the space. All you need is an email address or uh, your social media accounts to actually open one of the the wax the the curated wallet that they actually have over there and from there it's really just off to the races by then you'll be able to get your anchor wallet or whatever it is where you actually 
own your keys and everything. So I think that's going to be a great way just to onboard a lot of people into the space. And just as like myself, once I came into the Wax ecosystem, I just ended up getting NFTs and uh, wallets and, and, and other areas. And I just branched out from there. So I think a lot of those 10 million people that are there right now, if Wax is the only place they've been, they'll eventually branch out to ETH and other areas too. So it is good for everyone, all the blockchains, all the ecosystems in general. Number three, the third trend that I'm expecting to see this year is a lot of smaller drops. Because at this point right now, the standard for the most part, especially on ETH, is 10,000. These 10,000 generative projects or whatever it is. And we're seeing right now uh, through the end of uh, last year, of course, almost at this year, uh, that everything is um, not necessarily selling out. You know, a lot of projects are really struggling to uh, really hit 10,000. And that's really nothing new because I, I uh, quite a few projects that I was seeing even in October, uh, September, they weren't selling out fully. But definitely by the end of the year, December, uh, it was really becoming a struggle. So I'm expecting to see a lot of projects drop maybe in like the 5,000 range or even less, to be honest. And that's really nothing new because... If you look at Chibi Labs, their initial, uh, their genesis was 300. Then I believe the apes were 2000. And then when they went to galaxies, it was 3000. So right there, uh, they have three drops within the set, really. And they have not hit 10,000 as yet. And I think more projects, more, uh, w whether it be on ETH or wherever else, I think they're going to take that more of an approach because it is definitely, it's not easy to get 10,000 uh, people to actually make the purchase. Where is this new money, this influx of cash coming in? And I think the projects are coming out and rolling out a lot faster than there are new people coming into the blockchain and getting uh, into crypto and what have you. So I think definitely having a smaller number uh, in the collection, in the set, will be a good thing as far as uh, getting the community going. And that's also going to put a little bit more emphasis on building community and actually uh, spreading awareness and uh, having having a cause and it's not just uh, everything that is uh, being put out is expected to sell out. So I think it's going to increase the quality overall. With that said, all bets are off if Coinbase really dives into this whole NFT space because Coinbase has such a huge user base in the uh, US and uh, what, what they're actually planning to do and what I'm hearing, how uh, they're possibly uh, with their wallet and uh, the NFT space and all these different things, that just might just open up the floodgates for a just rush of uh, people to really come into this NFT space. Maybe they already have their account, they're invested in Bitcoin or ETH or whatever it is over in Coinbase, but they haven't really dove into the NFT space. So once they get uh, full going into this space, I expect their clients and their user base to also dive in. And similar to what happens with uh, Binance, when Binance launched their smart chain, their NFT marketplace and what have you, like everything just sort of spiked. So I would expect the same type of thing to happen if uh, Coinbase does that, the same uh, trajectory of how just everything sort of exploded during that initial launch after Binance really uh, opened up their marketplace. So if that happens, uh, really all bets are off and I would expect things to just get crazy again. Number five, I'm expecting to see a rise in NFT gurus. Now, there is no shortage in crypto gurus, and there are so many people just giving advice and, quote unquote, not giving investment advice, but they're giving you investment advice, right? Uh, that are all over the internet, whether it be on YouTube, on Twitter, or just anywhere, really TikTok. I mean, it's, it's, it's really easy to uh, find one of these people that are experts, and really, they have no credentials. More often than not, <laughs> they are wrong, but big personalities, whatever it is, there's nothing wrong 
this because if you, even if you think in the days of uh, the stock market um, on CNBC, there was this show. Uh, it might be still going on. I haven't seen it in years anyways, but uh, it was called Mad Money and uh, the host Kramer uh, would give his stop ticks and what have you. And uh, they actually uh, tracked it and said that someone who was picking absolutely random things, including an ape, actually was correct more times than he was. And he was an industry expert that basically spent years running a hedge fund and what have you before he became a TV host. But even he was getting things very wrong. So because of this, I'm expecting a lot of these gurus to just come up and they're going to get a lot of things wrong. But as far as NFT gurus now, uh, there is a joke within the marketing community that really uh, marketers ruin everything. And um, I'm not saying that in a negative way because I am a fan of marketing. That is, you know, that is really my background. That is what I went to school for. And that was what I was studying even before college, really. I was just obsessed with marketing and marketers and advertisers and anything. Once they jump into a space, it's, you know, they ruin it for everybody. So I'm expecting NFT gurus to really come in, whether it be selling information about uh, what uh, projects to invest into, what kind of metrics to use and all sorts of stuff. And they're going to get a lot wrong. But hey, I can't knock the hustle. They're trying their thing and someone's got to do it, right? Number six, I'm going to say that this is going to definitely be the year of blockchain gaming and in particular play to earn gaming. Especially over on the Wax ecosystem, we're seeing a, a lot of very cool, very well thought out strategic games. I mean, they're not really just skimping and just knocking up anything and just riding the coattails of the novelty of NFTs. No, they're actually having a full-fledged game developed by a team of game developers that just happens to be putting it on the blockchain. And I see that uh, going to continue into this year, but also the play-to-earn aspects of it. Of course, with uh, the success of Axie Infinity, and so many others. Finally, Memer Quiz. Uh, I did an episode uh, mentioning that, but Memer Quiz uh, finally got up and launched uh, going, and they're I believe they had their first uh, game show a couple days ago, and I'm looking forward to what that's going to go. And really seeing that just is uh, just changing the whole industry in itself, that it's no longer just uh, you're, you're downloading these apps, you're downloading these games, and then you're you're playing to or you're paying to get extra life or you're watching ads or whatever it is, but you actually have the ability to actually earn real life income while you're doing that. So the time spent in these apps and in these games isn't just a waste of time once you come back to the real world, it can actually turn around and be used to uh, pay the bills and, and pay rent or pay a mortgage or whatever it might be, uh, put children through school. Or if you're a student, it might be able to help you to uh, just, just get through and, and pay off your loans or your tuition, get books, food, uh, anything. Because while you're a student, it might be very difficult to actually have a full-time job or really a part-time job or anything. So just being able to have these play-to-earn games after school or in the middle of the night, you know, during your downtime to play these games, I think it's going to be a very cool thing. And what we're seeing over in Southeast Asia right now, I think it's going to just really spread across the whole world. And this whole play to earn uh, economies of, of, of uh, gamers is, is just going to really take off this year. And number seven, last but not least, I'm expecting there to be a quote unquote metaverse war. 
Of course, in Web 2, tech giants really dominated the space. And whether it be uh, the, the Microsoft, the Google, the Amazons, and you know, and all those companies always fighting each other for one uh, area of dominance or another. And definitely, as far as Web 3 heating up, uh, we see uh, Meta, Facebook, formerly uh, the, the artist for, formerly known as Facebook, which is now Meta. Uh, we see Google and we see Microsoft, and they are going to really duke it out in the space. And Meta, of course, they made the bold move of changing their entire name to basically say they own the metaverse and what have you but definitely out of these three out of google meta and microsoft i expect microsoft to be the most dominant in the space and you might be thinking well why on earth would i pick microsoft of all people or all companies right well there's a couple reasons number one microsoft lost the battle for mobile if you remember before the iphone um, Microsoft Windows uh, handheld devices was a very popular thing. It was really BlackBerry and it was Windows. Those were like the mobile devices that were running things. Then, of course, with Google releasing Android, the iPhone really propelled Apple forward. And Microsoft laughed actually at when the iPhone came out and they were saying, well, this is, you know, no one's going to really want that. And well, they were clearly wrong. Steve Ballmer, who now is the owner of the Clippers, at the time was the CEO of Microsoft, and that was probably the biggest mistake they ever made. Then they tried to play catch up. They tried to do Windows Phone 7, Windows Phone 8, and then by the time that they had this amazing system, which allowed apps to be ran on desktop, the phones and tablets and everything, the race was already over. It was really, the market was dominated by Apple and Google. So they conceded and really just left the smartphone business altogether. So when it comes to this Web3 space and everything, I don't think that they will use hubris. They will use uh, the size of their, their company or, or whatever it is to make that same mistake again, underestimating the market, underestimating the competition. And I think they're going to really approach this very differently. And the reason why also I think that Microsoft is probably the most set, not just because they uh, have the battle scars of uh, losing in another battle losing on another front, but also because of Xbox. Xbox is one of the major gaming platforms, and with that, Microsoft is very deep, not only into PC gaming, but console gaming and everything, and it really positions them in a great position to uh, have connections with gamers and have an ecosystem already built and ready to go for the blockchain. And even so, with Minecraft, there's over 600 million users in the Minecraft game. And the Uplift world, which is an extension of uh, of Minecraft, which is on the Wax blockchain, those are the land sales that's going on over there. It's really an attachment as to Minecraft. But out of the 600 million, very, very, very few percentage of them are actually into uh, the, the metaverse, if you will, as far as owning the land and I'm expecting that to really pick up this year and going forward and I think that Microsoft really is in a position to basically be a silent giant in this whole thing because they are not making the splashes in the news such as uh, Meta who is in my opinion really playing catch up but change their name to make it look like they're leading from the front so that is the way i'm seeing this whole thing work out but also don't forget that microsoft is really an enterprise as well so a lot of things that facebook is trying to do as far as having these meeting spaces in the metaverse and all this stuff that microsoft really is in a position they have uh of course all their office suites they have uh the meetings and and all those tool sets already built and 
can easily be leveraged and connected into a digital world. So going forward, I really expect them to really have a forward look and be the most quietly aggressive, if that makes sense, in the space. And I really expect big things out of them. And those are my seven predictions for what's going to go on this year. And of course, none of this is financial advice. So do not make any investment based on uh, anything I said. This is just the trends that I'm seeing as I'm studying it and the different companies that I've been reading about and 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 how I see things starting to shape up based on the fallout of the end of uh, 2021. What are your thoughts? I would love to know which of these seven do you think is the most interesting? Which area has the most promise? And maybe I'll dive into it. Uh, Maybe I'll uh, create some more content around that. And I'd love to know if you think there is another area that you think is going to really explode this year. And if I missed off anything or if I'm overrating or underrating something, just please let me know. You can look in the show notes. You can see my contact information. And as usual, thank you for coming on this journey with me. Hopefully we have an amazing year together. And until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.